You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Talk about be. So how do we be with the Lord in order for us to do? Because we can't do without him. We can't do without being. We just can't. And we, we, we do that at times without including him. But we realize, as Matt said in his thing, you know, if I don't do the Lord first thing in the morning, then the afternoon is all about cleanup. You know, when we try to go without the Lord being a part of what we're doing, a part of who we are, a part of everything that we live and breathe and think about, then uh, we're moving in our own strength instead of moving with him in strength. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. I'm a little bit like Emily today. Um, thank goodness she's 17 and, and she'll get past all that. But this morning I woke up, I, Chuck's, Chuck asked me Friday, he said, what are you preaching on? I'm like, I don't know. I said, I've been preparing all week and I have no idea what I'm preparing for. And so yesterday, you know, we're working, doing all this stuff. He says, well, are you ready for today? I said, no, but God is ready. And right now that's all that matters. So I wake up this morning and, um, I'm like, great. And, you know, I'm, I'm reading my normal place to read. I thought I'm just going to read a little. And, of course, the scripture I read is out of Matthew 10 that you don't have to worry about what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit's going to speak through you. And it is the spirit of the Father that will do the talking. I'm like, okay, I know you're tricking me, God. I know. If that's my scripture for today, then I know that you're tricking me. And don't you feel like sometimes you, you, you are moving along and you're thinking, I don't know how to solve this problem. And you're going along and you're trying to do whatever you do. And then you have that suddenly where the solution is there that you didn't actually have because God is faithful to the ones he's called. He's faithful to us and he may not give us everything we need in advance so we can prep and massage the words and prepare the people or whatever it is. But what he does, he gives us what he has in the timing that we need it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. God. And then God showed up. He always shows up. So I want to talk a little bit about abiding is actually what I'm going to talk about. But I just like that word be. I'm learning to be. I'm learning to be so that when I do, I'm doing it from my being with him, not from my efforts of my mind without him. Okay, so John 15, and I'm actually going to read it out of the Passion Translation. And I had uh, Noah put it up in the Passion Translation because I'm sure you probably don't have that uh, handy in front of you. So we're going to go to John 15. And I spent some time in that this week. Uh, earlier in February, the 1st of February, the Lord said, um, there's going to be a time of, of fasting and, and removing some of the things in your life. And actually... Pastor Gene gave me that word last September. 
He said, there's going to be things that you do now that you will not be doing after the first of the year. And that has very much been, uh, been happening. But in February, the Lord told me there'll be some fasting and some, some removing of things of the old season so that you can step into what the new season is. Not everything that we've been doing, and I felt like this was more of a corporate word too, not everything we've been doing is going to move over with us. You know, there are times where things that you love doing are no longer uh, the right thing for you to do. So John uh, 15, 1, I am a true sprouting vine. You know, when I read the Passion Translation, sometimes it has so it's, it's, you know, it's not word for word. It is pictorial. You know, uh, Brian Simmons has written it very much pictorial, like the, like the message. So when I read this, I think of the vines growing and the blackberries on them and, you know, the strawberries on them. It's, it's fruit season. Maybe that's a word for us. It's fruit season. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a great harvest. Have you ever been to downtown St. Pete where the banyan trees are? They're beautiful and they're huge. And if you haven't ever been down there, just, you know, it's right on the water in downtown St. Pete. But some of them, the branches are so long that they do have them propped up. So, so the weight of the branches aren't too heavy. And as I was reading through this this morning, I was thinking about those beautiful banyan trees and, and how they just, they just encompass everything that you see. And beyond them is the water. It's just a beautiful sight. So uh, he is pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. And as I was, I was saying earlier, sometimes the things you were doing are not carrying over to this season because the Lord has pruned that in order to bring a greater harvest for the next thing you're stepping into. And we don't always realize that sometimes we, there is a, almost a sadness of leaving something behind not realizing that, that that pruning that the Lord is doing is going to bring such a greater expansion, a greater harvest into what he has for us. Verse three, the words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. So we know that the word of the Lord prunes us. It removes the things that don't align with him and it replaces it with an alignment with what his word says. So as we read the word, it, it actually goes through and prunes off the things that don't align with what we're just reading. So when you read the word, you're asking the Lord to not only prune what isn't aligning, but to fill you up with what his word is speaking into you for you to carry with you. I don't know if you ever think about the word that way. You know, the word, uh, a lot of times I'll read through the word and God will just highlight one word, one section for me. And this one, of course, today was, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. No, that's not exactly what it said, but pretty close. <laughs> so think, of, you know, but when he does that, it's because he wants to get something so deep in you that as you go, it becomes part of your toolbox. 
It just comes out of you because it's been planted in you and you're able to access it at any moment because it's replaced anything that doesn't align with what he says. You know, that you think about the mercy of God as he uses his word to rewrite, reprogram, re-circuit uh, our mind, our soul to line up with who he is so that we are transformed closer into his image. I mean, that is the mercy of God. So when you read the word, it actually transforms you when you read it. It changes who you are to look like him. Because the word cleanses, it prunes, it restores, it refreshes, it renews, it heals. I mean, there we could go on and on at what the word does for us. The word is Jesus. The word is life. The word is spirit. So it gives us life. It's like when we read the word, and sometimes I'll just sit and read it out loud, because when it comes out loud, you hear yourself reading it, and it's almost like a circle, you know, out of my mouth, back into my ear, back refreshing, back renewing. So when we read the word, it it does these amazing things to us, and we don't even realize all that God is doing until we go out, and next thing you know, the word is, is coming out of you because it's been planted in you. And it's in the perfect time that you need it. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Do you ever hear yourself given this wisdom or, or, or encouraging someone and you realize it's the word being spoken through you over them so that they can have life, so that they can have wisdom, so they can have the answer or the counsel or whatever it is. Like Pastor Jim was talking about mentoring those guys. You know, he has taken what God has put in him and pouring out over them so that they can be raised up in a whole different uh, place that God has for them and the destiny that God has for them. Uh, Verse four, it says, so you must remain In life union with me. We must. For I remain in life union with you. He is in us. We are in him. We are all together one. John 17. That's all he talks about is I am in you. You are in me. The same glory that the father gave me. I'm given to you. There's oneness. There's wholeness. You know, it just makes you want to just shake like a dog that's been squirted with water. Right? Don't I sound like Gina? (laughs) But think about it. That's an image that just popped into my mind. You know, when you hose a dog down, the first thing it does is it, it it just shakes all over. And that's what God's doing. He's just hosing us down. For as a branch... Now, as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. That is not us. We are not going to be severed from the vine because we are fruit bearing, child caring people of God. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. And that is the goal that we be intimately joined in every aspect of our life. Verse five, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, and this is the word I loved, fruitfulness, say fruitfulness, Fruitfulness. will stream from within you. 
Just think about that. It's just think of a, a river flowing or the waterfalls that you see or that babbling brook. That's who we are. We are the fruitfulness of God streaming out to the rest of the world. That's who we are. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. But branches are uh, gathered, uh, I'm sorry, such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burnt. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. That is the promise of God. That we, as we live in life union with him, that we can ask for whatever we desire and it will be done. When your life bears abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my father. So when we ask and he responds to us, it is to the glory of the father. Us living in oneness with him glorifies the father. When we ask him to do something for us and that response shows the glory of God around us. How many have asked the Lord of something and he's answered? Now, everybody's got to raise their hand. <laughs> Sometimes we don't remember. And then we look back and say, but if you go back and think about all the things that God has done, all the places that you've seen the answers, the house, you know, just recently, uh, all these different things, those are to display the glory of God to others. As we give our testimony, as our testimony streamed on, online, God is glorified through that. We're displaying who God is, that there is abundant life coming through us. And we are declaring that abundant life so other people can say, oh, he did it for them. I'm going to ask too. I need a place to live. I need healing. I need a promotion in my job. I need a double portion. We know that when testimonies are given, it builds faith, right? And that faith gives us courage to ask for things we may not even thought of until we heard someone else's testimony about how God responded to them. Yes, God. He is so good to us. Uh, the other day I was sitting there just thanking him for all the things that he has done. And I was listing some of them out. And, you know, as, as John says, if we wrote everything down that Jesus did, the world could not contain it. If we wrote, if we knew, if we could have, let's just say an hour and supernaturally, God's going to have us write down everything he did. There wouldn't be a, enough gigs in the world to cover all that, right? Computer gigs, if you want <laughs> But just think about that. He has done so much for us. And some of the things we haven't even realized it. Verse nine, it says, I love each of you with the same love that the father loves me. That in itself. We are loved with the same love that the father loved Jesus with. The same love. You must continually let my love nourish your heart. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love just as my uh, just as I have kept my father's command for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. That's how we are. We are continually nourished and empowered by his love. 
Do you feel that? Do you feel like you're continually nourished and empowered by his love? My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I have experienced will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. Well, I'm going to tell you a funny story because I'm just going to tell it myself today because, you know. So I'm playing tennis Friday and um, this past Friday. And I'm playing tennis against someone that I, I just don't love. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but have you ever met somebody and as soon as you meet them, they rub you like sandpaper? <laughs> and I don't know what it is. It was just, you know, I don't know. Could have been demonic. Could have been something. I don't know. Could have just been a bad attitude that I had. I don't know. But every time I play with them, I'm like, no, not them. <laughs> So I had read this Friday morning. So I was like, God, I'm just going to love her. And she would do something. I'd be like, I just love her. And I had to keep saying that all through the match. And I know that sounds funny. It's a stupid example. But by the time they end the match, I was like, it's all good. She's great. But, you know, I had to get out of my head and my own bias and my own whatever it was, attitude, whatever it was, and just determined that I didn't care what she did. I was just going to love her. That's an awesome shot. You are awesome. <laughs> love your hair. Love your outfit. Love you. I just, everything she said, I was like, yes, Lord, I just love her. But you know, sometimes we have to talk ourselves out of our own prejudice against things even against ourselves, We have to just determine by the spirit of God, by what his word says that we are going to love regardless. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes, especially when there's not a emotional commitment to someone, you know, can I love them where they are? Can I love them just for the two hours that I'm with them? Yes, we can. We can show them that gracious, overwhelming, overflowing. What did it say? That that flood of abiding love that is in us over them. And part of the way we do that is we just determined that that's who I am. I'm a facilitator of God's love for everyone I encounter, regardless of what I think. Because what I decide in my spirit will supersede what I think in my mind. So when we determine something by the spirit of the Lord and decide spirit to spirit, God, this is the direction I'm going. Then everything else will follow behind what you've decided. Now it may take a little bit of a battle. You may have to come on, let's get, let's get with what we've decided, but in everything, you know, that was just a silly example, but in everything where we decide to agree with what the word says and set in motion today, this is who I am. I love the way Jesus loves me because it's the same love that the father had for him. That's who I am. And every time my emotions or my mind decides to fight with what the father said, then I smack that down and call forth who I really am. And it, it's hard. It's hard sometimes. It's not always easy. It's even in, you know, we think about all the different aspects of our life, whether it's our family, 
and, and they're not going in the direction we want them to go. And we have ideas to help them, right? We, we're, we're assisting. We want to assist. But, you know, God doesn't always call us to assist. He calls us to serve. He calls us to love. He calls us to decide, I'm going to love you where you are in what you're doing. And I'm going to battle for you in heavenly places because that's where I exist against the demonic pull that is coming against you until we have breakthrough and are able to move forward in a different level of a relationship. I mean, really, that is what it is. And um, all of the other things are secondary to the relational things that God has called us to. So I want to move on to one other scripture, um, and that's out of Acts 16. And I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version, because I want to talk a little bit about discernment. And um, as I've been kind of thinking and praying through this, and this is part of the class that we've been taking too. Uh, we're a little bit ahead of this. I'm a little bit ahead of this because I'm doing the long one. But um, it's really about discerning the difference between what is good, what is bad, and what is God? You know, there are things sometimes we look at where we're like, oh, that's good. You know, that's, that's okay. But is it God? There are things we're invited in to do that we're like, oh, yeah, that would be fine. That'd be fine. But it's fine God. There are things that we encounter we're like, it sounds okay, but something inside of me is telling me that something is not right about it. That is the Holy Spirit telling us that. So we're going to go to Acts 16. Uh, we're going to go to verse uh, 16, 16, 16. Look at that. I'm sure there's something spiritual about that. Y'all can tell me about it later. Okay, so now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. Who, bought, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now, we understand in hindsight, everything's a lot clearer in hindsight, that that's not a good thing. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. So listen to what she actually said. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. That actually is true. That actually is true. And she did this for many days. So this went on and on for many days while Paul and them were there. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very, that very hour. What I want to talk about here is sometimes there is a spiritual element happening that looks like it's okay and may even have elements of truth in it, but it's not the spirit of God that's moving on this. And this season that we're in, we've got to have clear discernment on what is God, what is mocking God, what is counterfeiting God, and what do we do about it? Because it says right here that this went on for many days. So when Paul encountered it, he didn't jump up the first day and do something about it. 
why it doesn't say. Sometimes things are going on around us and it takes a little bit to discern what is happening. It takes a little clarity from the Holy Spirit to figure out this is happening. God, what do I do about it? And then once we figure out what is happening and what we do, then we have to do what he's called us to do. I had a situation where something was happening and I, I didn't have the go ahead to do what Paul did. But in my mind, I bound what was going on to stop it long enough so I could finish what I was doing in order to move on. God did not give me permission to get rid of what was happening. So not everything you encounter is going to be met with what you think you're supposed to do. It's a season of great discernment. We have to be able to discern and, and pull that understanding from the Lord of what is happening here. And is this my fight? And sometimes it is. Sometimes you just have to quieten what's going on. And sometimes God just wants you to walk away. And that is a, a key element for us because if we get into a fight that's not our fight, then we're going to end up with bloody knuckles. If we step into a place where God has called us to step, then regardless of the warfare around it, we will have victory in it because God has called us to have victory over that position. Paul had victory over this. And of course they, you know, we won't talk about that. They took him to jail and then the jailer gets saved and, you know, God uses everything, <laughs> but it's very key right now to really press into discerning the season that we're in and, and going through a process with the Lord of what is happening here. What is it you want me to do? And then doing what he's called you to do. And sometimes you need other people praying for you in this process to help you with discernment. You know, there's many times I'll send a, a text to Deb or, or Karen or somebody, Wanda, I'll say, hey, will you pray about this? I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do, whether this is for me, whether it's not for me. Um, you know, I've got a problem situation. Will you be praying about it? Because the body surrounding us encases us gives us that extra layer of protection while we're in the process. And Paul, of course, was with other people. So I want to encourage you to really ask the Lord for the gift of discernment, to discern what is God and what is not. And as you discern, the secondary question is, what do you want me to do? And then stepping into to that call for Paul, he commanded the spirit to leave. The spirit left their money dried up and uh, he went to jail. But through that came other victories. But that that really is, I think, part of this abiding as we abide in God. There is clarity in what we're able to see. And the little secondary part that I'm going to put out there just for you guys to be praying and thinking about Sometimes when we encounter a situation, there is a prejudice within us that keeps us from seeing clearly. 
that we already have either experience with it or a preconceived notion of how it's supposed to unfold. And one of the challenges for us now is being able to say, God, clear my lenses so I can see. Is there something that is blinding me from seeing what is actually happening here? And, you know, God does that for us. And, and I can give you, you know, so many uh, examples of that. Um, I was trying to think of an easy one real quick, but um, I gave one on the class the other night when I was growing up, my grandmother, you know, basically told us that we had to be perfect from Sunday to Sunday, because if we died in between those Sundays, we might go to hell if we, if we, if we weren't perfect, basically. So we basically got saved or born again every Sunday because, you know, we we're, we were just trying to make sure we kept the slate clean. So, you know, when you think about that, there's a misunderstanding. So there is a, a, a lens, a prejudice against whether I'm saved or not. So that lens had to be cleansed so I would understand who I was in Christ and what my destiny is that I wasn't worried about losing my salvation every single day, every single slip up, right? Does that make sense? I don't know that that's the best example, but I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord, is there things that are, when you encounter a situation that you need this discernment, is there things that you are seeing through the wrong lens in order to receive the right answer from him? Yeah, I have another example, but I, let me just think about it for a minute. Um, I mean, we all have prejudices. We all have things that we have preconceived notions about. We have thought processes about. And uh, we just need to make sure that we keep that thought process clean. So when we go through this time of discernment, which basically we're discerning all the time. But when there are, are issues like, like Paul faced, when we're encountering something, we've got to understand what's the spirit behind it. What's the motive behind it? Is it? Does it carry the heart of God? Or does it carry something that we may not be able to identif quite identify, but we know that we know that it's just not right. So Lord, what do I do? How do I handle those situations where I feel like there's, there's something not aligning? It doesn't feel right. It, it, it has a flag on it, but it sounds right but my mind can't quite separate what's happening. So Holy Spirit, show me how to discern, show me how to take action and show me how to uh, move into what you have for me. Amen. Okay. Uh, the last thing I'm going to do, and then we're going to be done. Um, I wrote down a word that the Lord had given me last week and he, he this is what he told me. And I just want to declare this over us. It says, declare now is the time to press into the new even in your weakness. Declare that what needs to wake up will wake up. And declare that the old season is ended to make room for the new season. So let's stand up and I just want to pray that over us and uh, 
just shake some of that loose for us. So, Lord, I just want to pray, first of all, uh, just a, a clarity of mind and heart as we move forward. And we're declaring that now's the time to press into the new. And where there is weakness, that it will not keep us from moving in, but it will um, uh, stir us to press in for it. And Lord, we are declaring strength over us. And we declare what needs to wake up will wake up. And I think even Matt said something about it today, that the things that we have let fall asleep in our hopes and our dreams will wake up will wake up inside of us. Lord, will stir up inside of us. Things that we thought, well, it's probably past the time, past the age, they will come alive for us. And Lord, we declare that the old season is ended, so the new season has begun. And even in this spring, as flesh, fresh flowers, and we see the leaves on the trees, and the uh, jacarandas getting ready to bloom, Lord. God, we're just declaring the blooming, the harvest, the that you've done the pruning, and now it's time to spring forth in even more, Lord. So we just declare that over us, over our business and our work, over our family and our finances, Lord, over our region and our nation. Lord, we thank you that there's been so many answer to answers to prayer that there's just a swirl of yes over us. And so, God, we just agree with your yes over us. And God, we thank you for what you've done this morning and how as we go there will be even more wellness and healing and breakthrough and provision and houses, all those things that we've declared today. We will see unfold before our eyes as we go this week in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.